Living a well-balanced lifestyle goes beyond ensuring your finances are in order. Welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara speaks with wellness industry leaders and related professionals to share more than financial planning advice. She addresses your questions about living a healthy lifestyle at any age. Learn how to gracefully maneuver life's challenges with support and resources to guide you along the way. Barbara and the team at Hightower help you make a plan, make an investment, and make a difference in your own wealth and well-being, and in your families, and within your community. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with your host, Barbara Archer from Hightower. Barbara, it is so good to be back with you again. How are you? I am terrific, and it's so good to be speaking with you once again, Eric. Yeah, I'm excited you've got another guest on the show. And so every time you bring a guest on, you have such a great conversation. I learn a ton. I know the audience has been really absorbing these podcasts. You're doing great with these things. So Eric, thank you. And it is terrific to be back on the air with you today. And I have some questions for you before we get started. All right, I'm ready. Okay, Eric, have you heard stories of the frailty of age and the risk of breaking bones? I have. Yes, you have. And you know, this hits home for me, right? Because we talked about my mother, Mm -hmm. 94, who broke her hip and passed away two weeks later. Yeah. So I have to tell you, oh, we had a beautiful memorial service, by the way, last week. So it was lovely. So glad. Oh, thank you. But I learned that osteoporosis contributes to 2 million broken bones and $19 billion in related costs each year. Mm. Did you know that? I had no, no clue. And you said billion with a B. Billion with a B. I had no clue. I am amazed. And it's anticipated that by 2025, this will rise to 3 million fractures and 25 billion in costs annually. That's because a lot of us are getting older. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. (laughs) I'm feeling it these days. Yes, I agree. Well, I believe knowledge is power. So how do we identify if we have a risk of bone loss or osteoporosis? And if so, what can we do about it? And today we're going to learn more from my guest, Claire Gill. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've, I'm not of the quote unquote age yet, maybe, but maybe Claire can clarify what age we need to be thinking about this. Because honestly, my parents always told me, as long as you drink a lot of milk, you'll be fine. I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so, we're going to learn a lot more about that today. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Well, Claire is CEO of the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation and has been with the organization since January of 2013. This follows a 20-plus year public relations career serving national nonprofit organizations and Fortune 500 clients. Established in 1984 as the National Osteoporosis Foundation, Claire led the rebranding. Now, BHOF is the nation's leading health organization dedicated to preventing osteoporosis and broken bones, promoting strong bones for life, and reducing human suffering through programs of public and clinician awareness, education, advocacy, and research. Now, during her tenure at BHOF, Claire has developed numerous educational programs and campaigns for healthcare providers and the general public. She created Healthy Bones, Build Them for Life, 
patient registry, this is a first for the osteoporosis industry. She also helped to launch the National Bone Health Policy Institute and created the Coalition to Strengthening Bone Health, now consisting of over 20 of the leading aging, care partner, and bone health patient organizations. Now, not that she didn't have enough to do or enough on her plate, but being a tough, strong, busy woman in 2019, Claire founded and launched the National Menopause Foundation to be a trusted and relatable source to raise awareness and understanding of menopause through education, activism, and community building. And later in the show, we will learn why this is important to bone health as well. So Claire, welcome. You've been with the foundation for about a decade now. So tell us about your story and why you are so passionate about bone health. Thank you so much for having me on, Barbara. I really appreciate it. And I love to talk about the importance of bone health any chance I get. So thank you for <laughs> letting me do that. So yeah, I, my story is similar to yours in that my mom broke her hip at the age of 81. And when my sister and brother and I were looking around for information about what to do, we actually found that what was then the National Osteoporosis Foundation and a statistic that said that 25% of people who have a hip fracture die in the year after that oh hip fracture. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And it gosh. shocked us so much. And we thought this can't be the way our mom goes. You know, she was so active and with it and very engaged in our family and with her grandchildren. Fortunately, she lived to the age of 90. So the hip fracture did not kill her, but it did put her in the category of people who for the rest of their lives had to use an assisted device, an ambulatory device. My mom used a cane and a walker mm -hmm. after that. And it was just coincidence, honestly, that a couple of years after my mom broke her hip, I was working on a program that directed me to the National Osteoporosis Foundation, and I ended up uh, meeting with them and started working with them in 2013. Ah, serendipity, it, huh? It, telling you, right? <laughs> it really is amazing how some things come together. And so since then, I've stayed with the organization for 10 years because I really am passionate about, about helping people understand how important our bone health is and what an impact it can have on our lives, particularly as we age. And as we all want to age healthfully and actively, we really do need to know more about our bones. Well, since osteoporosis is in the name of the foundation, what exactly is osteoporosis? Good question. It's a big word. It actually just means porous bones. So many people okay, don't Okay, that sounds scary right there. I'm just going to jump in and tell you. <laughs> it just sounds scary. Well, you know what? It's not when you think of it like a honeycomb. Okay. So the interior of our bones looks sort of like a honeycomb. And when there's a lot of honey in there and the connectivity and the stickiness and the weave that we used to seeing in a honeycomb, it's what normal bone looks like. And when osteoporosis is involved, the honeycomb starts to separate. There's a lot more gaps, a lot bigger holes in your honeycomb. Okay. And so our bones are living tissue. They remodel themselves throughout our lives building, building up, breaking down, building up again. And so this remodeling process can slow as we age. It still shouldn't mean that we fracture, but it can mean that we slow as we age and remodeling. And then with people who have osteoporosis, that rate of remodeling is off kilter. 
So there's a lot greater loss than there is building up. And that's why we have to intervene. What's the difference between osteopenia and osteoporosis? So if I go in and my doctor tells me I'm in the range of osteopenia. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like being pre-diabetic and diabetic. Right. If we, if people are familiar with that, so still not good, I, that, that's <laughs> good. still not good. So, it's still not good, but it just means you are, you know, have some of the uh, symptoms and the characteristics of being osteoporotic. And so you definitely need to be mindful of your diet and your exercise habits, your lifestyle habits to make sure that you maintain the bone density that you have. You don't so, want to continue to be de- sorry to be depleted. I'm sorry to jump in here, but you mentioned diet and exercise. So, what are all the things, or at least a majority of things, that can cause osteoporosis? Is it hereditary? Is it, is. it from medications? Mm-hmm. Help me understand what we should all be aware of to avoid osteoporosis. So let's start at the beginning. We build all of the bone we're going to have for the rest of our lives by the time we reach our mid-20s. So we call that reaching peak bone mass. And that's your body developing the strongest, densest bone it can possibly have, given your body frame, your gender, right? Women tend to have a smaller bone density than men, just for the size of the frames of our body. And then also lifestyles activities. We have to have enough calcium and vitamin D in our body to create and produce more bone. And we have to get weight-bearing exercise, which means activities and exercise that are on your feet and that create impact. Running, Mm. walking, jumping rope as a child, all of those things create impact and that helps to build bone. Now you're going to make me wish I'd done more jump roping. I'm just well, sitting here. It's a little you late. Know, it's true. <laughs> and, and a lot like, like Eric said, we thought, well, if we just drink a lot of milk, we'll mm-hmm. be fine. And it's true. Our generation and many previous generations did grow up drinking milk. The crisis we have and will continue to have is that most generations now do not consume dairy the way we did. Mm-hmm. And if they're not getting other forms of calcium and vitamin D, then they will be deficient, which means they already have too few bone deposits in their bone bank. And as they start to withdraw, as life goes on and we withdraw from that bank, then you're going to end up with less bone density. And so that is going to be a crisis for people. It, It already is amongst generations that are currently the boomers and Gen X, but it's going to continue to be that way unless we do more to raise awareness about how important our bone health really is. Wow. So everyone with young children out there, get them running and jumping and consuming calcium-based products, right? Well, the other thing, though, what we often say too, Barbara, it's never too early and it's never too late to start taking better care of your bones. Oh, good. The good news is (laughs) you start where you stand, right? Whatever it is and whatever you are, you need to be able to think about your risk factors. So back to your earlier question about what causes it? Mm-hmm. So it, it is hereditary. So if you have a member of your family, particularly a mother, father, grandparent who broke a bone over the age of 50 or who you know had osteoporosis, your risk of having osteoporosis is very strong. 
And so you should okay. keep that in mind and make sure that your healthcare provider knows about that. If you have some other diseases, such as breast cancer, Prostate cancer for men, many diabetics, people with lupus or other autoimmune diseases like multiple sclerosis, the treatments for those types of diseases actually deplete your bone density as well. Oh, gosh. Now, okay. So, but it's really important that you take those medications, right? If you have right. cancer, you want to save yourself from the cancer and then worry about how to impact on the bones and what to do next kind of thing. Really, Right. Next on, steps. On that. First exactly. things first. Exactly. The other things, though, that we can control are not drinking too much alcohol. All okay. the things we do for normally our good health, not too much alcohol, no smoking. Smoking is also bad for your bones. And then the positives of eating that healthy, well-balanced diet. It does so much to help our bones, our cardiovascular health, our brain health etc. So really, if we would just put those good habits in place, we would be really taking much better care of ourselves overall. And before this discussion, you and I talked about vitamin D, where at one time people were outside, got more sunlight. But even now, when we do go outside, we oftentimes have a lot of sunscreen on. Mm -hmm. So yeah. taking a supplement is helpful then too. It is. And I mean, there's a lot of controversy, obviously, around supplementation in general. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you hear good things. Sometimes you hear bad things. It's very cyclical. You know, the same thing, fat was bad, right? And now there's, we know there's good fat and that there's a real balance. Well, like anything, that's true when it comes to supplementing for calcium and vitamin D as well. We should try to get all the valium D and calcium that we need from a healthy diet. It's much easier with calcium because there's so many things these days that have calcium added to them. You can get soy milk that has right. calcium if you're lactose intolerant or right. other beverages. Even All the nut milks juice. are, are yeah, fortified now. That's mm -hmm. right. And our orange juice is fortified with calcium and vitamin D. So there's many ways that we can get it. What we need to do is track how much calcium we're getting every day and then only supplement for any shortfall in the diet. But so if, if we... Sorry, go ahead. No, I just wondered if you do supplement with calcium, there's all different kinds of calcium supplements, mm -hmm. calcium citrate, calcium carbonate. It comes from different shells or right. I always wonder stones or something. I mean, there's some really strange places if you read the labels. So is there a preferred calcium, one that's easier to digest or be absorbed? Yeah, we have information about that on our website, too, that'll kind of walk you through the different types oh, of calcium good. for people okay. to understand. It really, it the calcium supplementation is calcium supplementation. So really, it's more important to make sure you're getting the calcium. But there are, like you said, the citrate and the carbonate are the more common, and it does depend on how you digest it. One thing to remember, too, is that you should not take all of your calcium at one time. So for example, if I'm only getting calcium in my diet from, say, having a morning yogurt, so that may be, say, roughly 300 milligrams of calcium in a standard yogurt, I need 1,000 milligrams, given my age, per day. And so I would be looking then for a calcium supplement that was only 800 milligrams. Okay. And I would only take that in short amounts. I might take 400 milligrams in the morning and 400 milligrams in the afternoon, because your body can only absorb calcium in certain amounts. So taking it all at once is never good with oh, calcium. 
that's a tip there. So spread it out throughout the day. Spread it out in smaller doses throughout the day if you were going to supplement. But like I said, then if I had a yogurt and then I had a glass of milk and then I had Mm -hmm. cheese in my sandwich and then I had a lot of green leafy vegetables and or I had something else that had calcium in it, then I probably already got the thousand milligrams and I'm good and I don't need to supplement. Right. Good. Well, and I know you started the National Menopause Foundation. So is it true that once we're past menopause, our risk increases? It is. Being a woman increases your risk of osteoporosis, but it's primarily due to menopause, as we said. If we're lucky enough to live healthy and make it to menopause, then unfortunately, women can lose up to 20% of their bone density in the first five to seven years post-menopausal. Oh, let's repeat that. 20% You can lose up to 20% of the bone in our first five to seven years post-menopause. So although we may not be able to get a bone density test via our insurance until we're older, we should definitely be talking with our clinical providers, our healthcare providers about our risk for osteoporosis right Mm -hmm. around the time we start experiencing menopausal symptoms. And that way we can track our diet and our exercise and perhaps even get a baseline bone density test if we're at risk, high risk, like you and I were because our right. moms had it. What What's the earliest that age that a young woman could get a bone density test? It really depends on her risk factors and okay. other things she has going on. But if, she should example, ask for it, shouldn't she? If she has, you know, I've broken suggest- my wrist, my mother broke her hip. I mean, I think about these things and it'd be great if she had a baseline. It would be great. It would be wonderful if we could get that standardized. And we certainly mm. are trying. Right now, the recommendations are that women at 65 get a bone That's- density test. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Mm. It who is made part those rules, the, Claire. Who, the, who made those rules? Right. It's <laughs> uh, part yeah. of the Welcome to Medicare packet. <laughs> oh, gosh. And you can get a bone density test. And for men, so for Eric's part, it's 70 is when they suggest men, healthy men, get a bone density test. So men now, don't uh, break bones? They don't they break do. their bones? They just do it a little bit later because they don't have that crash basically at menopause, right? Where we lose estrogen and it dramatically drops off for women. For men, it doesn't drop off as dramatically unless they have other conditions, again, diabetes, Mm -hmm. prostate cancer, other heavy drinking, smoking habits that would cause them or a family member who has it. These are general things, right? Everyone should really talk about their own risk with their healthcare provider. Because if you were a young woman who had anorexia or bulimia, then your risk of having osteoporosis is much higher than it is for others. So you Mm -hmm. don't want to wait till you're even 50 to find out what's happening with your bones. So it's really very individual in that. But as I said, if you have a family history, if you know that someone in your family had osteoporosis or broke a bone, or if you yourself broke a bone over the age of 50, men or women, we suggest you get a bone density test to find out if osteoporosis is the cause of that fracture. Because we should still be able to fall at any age and not break a bone. Excuse the interruption. I know you're listening to High Towers Keeping the Well and Wealthy podcast. But if you have questions related to these or other wellness and financial issues, please reach out to your advisor or go to hightoweradvisors.com to find a financial advisor near you. Now, back to Barbara. 
Wow. So having said that with sometimes called a DEXA, is that right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. So I've heard that it's helpful to have that test done on the same machine each time. Is that true? Well, with all imaging that is done in healthcare, they suggest that you do it on the same machine. That's good and bad, I suppose. It's not absolutely necessary. I think the more important thing is that you're getting the bone density test and that the person reading, interpreting the bone density test knows how to do that well and is able to advise you on what to do next. So that's more important. Get the test, even if you can't get it on the same machine. And then again, make sure that you go over with your healthcare provider what that test is showing you. And how how often would you repeat that test? Well, generally every two to five years, depending on your condition. So you had mentioned again, having, you know, low bone density. If you have low bone density, you can probably go a little bit longer. If you have osteoporosis and you're on treatment, your healthcare provider might have you do it every year, right? Because they want to see if the treatment is helping build back that bone. Exactly. But if you're just monitoring your bone density, and it stayed the same over a couple of years, then you'd probably do it every two years. And then if you're just a healthy adult, and you're just tracking from baseline, they might not do it on maybe every five years. Well, you mentioned if you're getting treated, what are some of the treatment options? If you're identified as being osteoporotic, Mm -hmm. um, and you said, you know, you could still eat well and exercise, but are there medical treatments that are available? Fortunately, there are great medical treatments available that both help to stop and slow down bone loss and now even new ones that help build back bone. And they have been proven to be more effective than what we beta blockers are for preventing heart attacks and preventing high blood pressure and all of the other treatments. These are kind of treatments that are really, really effective. So it's really important to talk with your doctor about what's right for you. There are various kinds of treatments. And again, there are many of them. So you can check out our website too for a full list. They're broken down into two types of treatments. One is anabolic and one is anti-resorptive. And the idea is to be able to determine what's right for you with your healthcare provider, whether or not you're just slowing down bone loss that you've started to experience, or whether or not that recycling system that we talked about earlier, the remodeling, Mm -hmm. the breaking down and building up is so severe and your risk of fracture is so great that you might need a more intensive anabolic treatment that both slows down and builds back the bone. So it's really important that you talk to your doctor. It comes in various forms. So again, some people like injectables, right? They just want to go once or twice a year, have an injection and be done with it. Other people hate needles and want to have something that they can take orally. Great. There's options for that as well. So those are the kinds of things that are really important because what you want to do is find a treatment that you know you'll maintain. And only you know, really, what's best for you, how you prefer to do your treatment. I think one important note is as crucial as uh, diet and exercise are to building and maintaining bone, unfortunately, they alone cannot prevent osteoporosis and they can't cure it. It is a chronic disease. 
So it will continue and you really do need to kind of continue to monitor and determine when is right for you to begin treatment. Some people stabilize their bone with exercise and diet and that's, that's great. But I wouldn't have people calling me at the Bone Health and Osteoporosis Foundation talking about how they've done everything right in their lives. They've gotten enough calcium and vitamin D. They eat healthy. They might even run marathons. And yet their bone density is deteriorating and they don't know why. And that's when we talk about those uncontrollable risk factors. Sure. You have a family history. You have a smaller frame. Um, all of those things that impact whether or not our bone density decreases as we age. So it really is important to do both because well, the treatments, if, oh, sorry. No, I was just at the, the, the treatments work more effectively when you're getting enough calcium, vitamin D and exercise. So you really can control that part of your, you know, your treatment plan is making sure that you're doing all of those good things to improve your bone health via diet and exercise. But most people do need a treatment. Well, knowing that in my case, if I have osteoporosis or osteopenia and my mother's broken a bone, I mean, the future doesn't look bright for me. What steps do you think we can take to prevent falls and injuries? What are some proactive things we can do to make sure we keep ourselves safe? Balance is critical as we age. And when we think about preventing falls and fractures, and really that's for many people with osteoporosis, that's the biggest risk that they're going to fall. And if they fall, they will fracture. But I also want to note that for other people with osteoporosis, they don't even have to fall to break a bone. Mm -hmm. I have heard stories of women who were hugged gently and broke bones. Oh, my God. Who sneeze and break a bone. So really, you can't, you really have to think about your own risk factors and what's sure. right for you. Sure. But otherwise, fall prevention is huge. So the things to think about are So yoga is good? Yoga is good too. Yoga is good for balance. It absolutely is. However, <laughs> if you have osteoporosis and have the risk of fracturing, you do need to modify some of the poses mm. and you need to work with a, a yoga instructor who knows that because some twisting and bending done in yoga or Pilates can actually be harmful. So again, oh. we do have some helpful tips on our website about how to modify those things, but okay. the benefit of balance and stretching that you're doing with yoga and Pilates is really important. And particularly for those who are trying to maintain their bone health, who haven't yet developed osteopenia or osteoporosis, definitely continue to work on those balance things. But a couple of things that aren't specific to exercise that also impact falls are our eyesight and our, and as we age, these become sort of watch out points, right? A little bit of vanity comes into play. We don't want to pull out the readers to read the menu <laughs> in the, the restaurant anymore, right? Or we don't want to put on our glasses to drive. But obviously, those things are important for just everyday life, but they're also important for making sure that we don't fall, right? You want to be able to sure that you see properly, that you know where things are, that you're not tripping over steps or cracks or little things that you might miss. Because I know if my contacts weren't in, I could trip over anything, really, that blind. And then the second one is hearing, because hearing impacts our balance. And again, no one wants to think about, oh, I have hearing loss and that makes me old. As someone who's been wearing hearing aids since I was 30 years old, I can tell you plenty of young people also wear hearing aids. Oh, of and course they do. 
it really is important because one lifestyle wise, I try to share with all of the older people in my life and in my community, the benefits of actually being able to hear the conversation and engage with people. But there's also very important parts of keeping our balance when our hearing is optimal. So definitely consider that as well and uh, put the vanity aside. And I will tell you, we will have a podcast on hearing. So hearing loss, options, how to preserve our hearing. So that's coming up as well. One other thing you had mentioned that when your mother fell and she was using a device, Mm -hmm. so canes and walkers, I just recently saw a walker that was more of an upright walker where a woman had her her forearms in the front of it instead Mm -hmm. of bending over. And I thought, wow, some progress here. There is progress being made, which is nice for devices. The, the thing is, we have to be willing to use them. My oh, mother, I'm sure about your mom, my mom fought it. She just wanted yes. to hold on to our arm, right, as she yes. walked outside. And unfortunately, she would hold on to our arm and then start teetering to the other side, right? And thankfully, my sister and I would be strong enough to hold her upright. But those were the conversations we had to say, saying, this isn't safe for you. Use something that is safe, because honestly... You don't want to break a bone. It is far more painful. And that's not something how you end up wanting to go, believe me. So use the walker or the cane. There are great advancements in that. But you also need to practice with that as well. Because we also learned sometimes there's a wrong way to use the walker and the cane. So you ah. need to get good instruction from your physical therapist or your doctor about how to make sure you're using it properly. Well, that's very helpful. I can remember doing an audit of my mother's living arrangements. And that's from when she was in the house to an apartment, to an assisted living facility. And that was pulling up. She loved rugs. Yes, (laughs) Those had to go. So that was always difficult, removing rugs and also long bedspreads that she could get tangled up in the morning. That's so so true. Bedspreads, you're absolutely right. Look for throw rugs. Not great. They need to be tacked down. Good lighting. Lighting. Make sure that they have really good lighting, adding bars in the bathroom for getting in and out of the tub or the shower Mm -hmm. or even on and off the toilet. Those are things that we don't really think about when you like looking at an audit of your home to make sure there's things that won't make you slip and fall. My mom slipped over a cord that was connected Mm -hmm. to a computer and that she just didn't see. So again, those things that we step over back and forth and don't think about, but as we age, that is something that we need to think about. The other big thing is shoes. I know so many women who say, I'm never getting out of my heels. I love my stilettos. I like to be this height. (laughs) That is really something that we have to be careful of, particularly as you have bone loss, is that you're wearing shoes that you're not going to trip and fall on. Well, I think more of us have gone to lower heels or more flats since COVID. Thankfully, it's become trendier. Exactly. (laughs) Trendier. And they're prettier ones. Those trends change though, right? So we just need to think about those kinds of things and and what to do. And and particularly for older ladies who love their little fancy heels and stuff like that. My mom was like a kitten heel woman. And we were like, yeah, that's got to (sighs) go. There you go. Well, Claire, I've learned so much from you today. First, some statistics, including the cost to our society of bone fractures, which shocked both Eric and me, the importance of understanding our bone loss risk, either from age or menopause or medications or pre-existing condition, and then stressing how we should take our calcium and 
how important exercise is for all of us. So Claire, since you've enlightened us on bone loss to help us stay healthy, let's hear about how you keep your well in wealthy. I do a lot of things that I think are important for everyone to consider, and that is making sure that I focus on my own health first, and then being able to care for all the people in my life who I love. And as uh, nurturers, we are always doing that, but we really do have to sometimes put ourselves first. And then again, making an investment in your health the way we do in our finances, because Mm. we want to be able to enjoy all that we've worked for and all that we're doing and be really active and enjoy our senior years. And we really can't do that if we don't take care of our health. So I think it's so wonderful that you spend this time helping people to live richer, healthier lives by taking care of themselves. And I appreciate having an opportunity to share more about bone health with all of you. Well, thank you so much, Claire. We appreciate you sharing your time, your knowledge, and your own experiences. And I'm going to invite Eric back in to see if he has some questions for Claire. Well, Claire, I just want to echo what Barbara said. This has been fantastic. So much great information. One of my favorite things that you brought up is that the world is always changing. Information is always changing. We're going to put links to your website in the show notes so people can reach out and find out more information there. But specifically when you were talking about how it's flip-flop back and forth, you know, there's good chocolate, there's bad chocolate, there's good fat, there's bad fat. I have for years told my wife that I am a good kind of fat. And I'm sticking to it. That's my story. And she can't change my mind on that. So thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for being here. Barbara, thank you for facilitating this. Do you have any closing thoughts for today? Oh, just that I'm going to go out and get a jump rope. There you go. (laughs) Be careful. Don't don't wear heels when you're jump roping. That's all there is to it. No heels on my jump rope. All right. I won't do it either then. All right. Well, Barbara, again, thank you so much for everything that you do with this podcast. And our last thank you always goes to you listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Keeping the Well and Wealthy with Barbara Archer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Barbara comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually helps others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to go out in the world and make a difference. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Keeping the Well in Wealthy with Barbara Archer, sponsored by Hightower. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Wealth Advisors. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Wealth Advisors is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. 
All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. Hightower Wealth Advisors and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.